Hi everyone, welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled How'd You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Joy Harper, who is a strategic finance professional at Google Cloud. Hi Joy, lovely to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I can't wait to dig into the questions. Awesome. So let's uh, get into them straight away then. So let's have a quick introduction about who you are and perhaps an answer to the main question of the podcast, which is how do you do it and why should I care? Yeah. How did I do it? I think a lot of help. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just want to put that out there first. I think sometimes when people get into some of these sessions, they're like, oh, I'm really smart and I was a genius and I did this and I did that. And yes, all of that is true. I worked really hard. I have four degrees. I was in school for eight years, but I had a lot of support. My family, my dad was like my first career coach. You know, I started interning when I was um, 18 years old in public accounting. I'm not 18 anymore. I'm on the later side of 30. <laughs> I'm not even in my 30s anymore. But anyway, um, I digress. So I'm Joy Harper. Like you mentioned, I'm in cloud finance at Google. Um, I've been at Google for three years. Prior to Google, I was at BlackRock for three years. Um, prior to that, I was at EY for a little over 11 years in San Francisco, London, D.C., and Cleveland. And I mentioned I have four degrees. So I have an undergrad degree in accounting, an undergrad degree in Black World Studies, a master's in accounting, and a law degree. Wow, that is so, so impressive. So as you mentioned in your past, you've obviously worked for EY and then also for BlackRock, but I feel like Google is more of a tech company. So yeah. what inspired you to join the tech industry? Yeah, you know what, my friends, I had a lot of friends in tech and they used to make fun of me when I hung out with them because I was like the odd woman out. So <clears throat> I had friends who were at Uber, one was at Slack, one was at Yelp. And another one was at uh, Zendesk, Zendesk or Autodesk. She's going to kill me. I can't remember. Anyway, they were all in tech and they were like my lunch buddies, like my Friday lunch crew. And we would go out sometimes to like tech events and like people would say, oh, where do you work? And, you know, my friends from Uber would say Uber and people would be like, ooh. And then my friends from um, Yelp would be like, Yelp. And people would be like, oh, yeah, I use Yelp. And then I'd be like, BlackRock. And people would be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> And so just being in the Bay Area, I feel like eventually I knew I needed to be in tech. I love financial services. I still do. But I like to think of it more as, you know, an industry to support from like a cloud standpoint, AI standpoint versus being in financial services. If I went back into financial services, it would be like fintech. It wouldn't be, you know asset management. No offense, but it would be more along the lines of fintech. So it was really friends and just, you know, the environment. It just makes sense to be in tech if you're going to be in Silicon Valley. Mm, for sure, for sure. And following on from that, you, meant, you mentioned that you had sort of degrees in accountancy, in yeah. law, in uh, Black world history. But I'm curious then, what were the best resources that helped you in your transition to, to Google? Um, so really I was hired to do a job that I started doing at EY. So I was hired into the treasury and tax team. And a lot of my background is capital markets and tax. And so I was hired, so not on the tech side, so not like as a software engineer or anything, not as a product manager, but directly into finance. And so <clears throat> I think sometimes people, when they think of tech, 
and they're not in tech, it can be really intimidating, right? Because you think, oh man, I don't, I don't know how to code. I don't know Python. I don't know SQL. I don't know all these things. I'm not a data analyst and la la la, on and on. But there are so many other roles in tech companies that you can do that don't require a technical, like traditional computer science degree or background, like mm-hmm. um, going into HR, marketing, sales. Sales is huge. Sales, mm-hmm. finance. Um, program management. I wouldn't say product management, but program management. So there's so many opportunities in tech. You don't have to be a software engineer. And so I was recruited for my specialty in finance. And then once I joined Google, I switched roles. This is my third role and I've been at Google three years. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's awesome to hear. And um, it seems like, you know, you spoke to a lot of people and your friends were in tech too. So I'm curious, were there any lessons that you wish you would have known before starting in this industry that they didn't tell you about? Um, yes, the kind of, I don't want to call it free willing nature, but so I've come from public accounting and clients that are highly regulated. And when I worked in London, I had clients that were very regulated, like global regulators, local regulators, like, so everything, there was a lot of order, like things just couldn't be out of order. In tech, there's a lot of emphasis on innovation and thinking time and collaboration. And you just don't have that luxury Mm. when you're working in some regulated industries. And I don't, I always heard about it, like, innovation and moonshots and 10x and all that kind of stuff I just I don't think I really grasped what it meant until I joined Google Mm, okay okay thank you for that and thank you for sharing that I'm sure um you know you learned that lesson and now you can carry it forward and share this wisdom with others I've heard new Googlers are called Nooglers yes yes And you get this funky hat. I wish I had it with me. I would if I should have brought it with me. Anyway, you get this funky hat with like a pinwheel on the top of it. And it is one of my most prized possessions because it's oh. the craziest thing ever. Like I would never wear it in public, but it is very cute. <laughs> That's so funny. And um, thinking about the span of your career, you've obviously been at a few companies now, but what would you say was your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? My biggest failure? Let's see. That's I have a couple. Oof. Um, one would probably be not taking certifications early and often, like when I was very young in my career. So CPA and all that other stuff I did eventually, but I feel like, you know, depending on what profession you're in, whether it's medical profession, law profession, you know, accountancy, um, CFA, like really focusing on that because early in your career, that can distinguish you from other people. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I did have, I have had a great career and will continue to have a great career and it's not career limiting now, but I feel like that probably is one of my biggest failures. Like very early, I would say first five years of my career, first five, six years of my career. Mm. Okay, okay. Thank you for sharing. And you've been dropping some great pieces of advice throughout this whole call. But I'm curious, what is one piece of advice you would give somebody who is wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? Yeah, so one is don't be afraid to take risk. I feel like, so I just to put this all into context, I'm from Ohio. Um, I went to Miami of Ohio for undergrad. So not a school where big tech companies traditionally recruit. So they traditionally recruit, you know, again, no offense to my employer or any of the big tech companies or startups, but they tend to go to the same schools, the same engineering schools, the same Ivy League schools. Don't let that deter you. 
don't let like don't let that deter you don't take no for an answer if you apply to google and you don't get a job the first time try again and then also network like network 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 i would just say bet on yourself so you know even if you are from like let's say a state where you you live in a state where these companies don't traditionally recruit don't don't take that as a barrier it's not a barrier it's just they don't know that there's key talent in that state so I would say bet on yourself and take a risk definitely and following on from that um, I feel like there's a lot of myths around the tech industry you know it's quite up and coming and people say that people have a lot to say about it but what is one common myth that you would like to debunk about this industry um besides that everyone knows how to code I think um I think there are a lot of myths around how people of color are treated in tech, like, because you see the articles and some of the articles are like absolutely true, but you never get to hear the like good stories, the success stories, um, which I think, which I wish there were more of. So I feel like there's a myth. There's a myth that there aren't people of color, black people, black women in tech who are thriving and doing well. Like there are, I have friends who work in different at different tech companies and they are just like knocking it out of the park. And I, mm-hmm. I wish that more people were able to, to see that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. And um, what have you read or listened to recently that's really inspired you? Obviously, I'm sure you're very busy, but um, yeah. when you have the chance to pick up a book or listen to a podcast. Yeah. So because I just switched roles, one of the things um, I have been listening to is First 90 Days. And that's a book that just talks about how to make an impression when you start a new job and how to start a new role, right? Because it's hard ramping up, especially in COVID. Like I'm starting a role supporting like really senior people that I have never met in person. And I am a people person. I love, I'm I'm very chatty, if you can't tell. Um, I love chatting with people. I love meeting new people in person, coffee, tea, breakfast. I miss being on campus because you could just have a breakfast meeting with someone. And the first 90 days provides a good framework for things that you should do um, when you're first joining a team and how to set strategy, how to set objectives, um, how to meet stakeholders, how to meet peers, how to network. So that book, I think anytime you start a new job, a new role, a new company, anything, I highly recommend it. Awesome. Thank you for that recommendation. It will be especially helpful for those of our listeners who are just starting out in their career. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a must-read. Really? Must okay, read. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll take that into consideration. And um, following on from that, um, you mentioned, obviously, earlier the power of mentorship and having great friends and a support network. But who are three people in your life who have been the most influential to you? You know, when I saw that question, I was like, ooh, that one is so hard because I, I don't name the right people. So I may do it in buckets of people. So oh, of instead of like particular people. So one family, my family has been super supportive. Like I said, my dad is a career coach. My mom was a children's librarian and like an amazing researcher. And I get that skill from her now. My brother, who also is like a peer because he um, works in public accounting, so my family and my grandmother, who um, taught me about investing at a very young age, she's in her wow. 80s now, complete rock star, complete rock star. So I would say my family. So that's one bucket. Yeah. Second bucket, I would say I have a lot of um, sponsors or people I look up to who are like 
CFOs now or very senior people who give me very good guidance and direction. Mm -hmm. And I I won't name them, but um, there are some people who, you know, as I was switching roles, like I mentioned, I've had three roles at Google who helped me prepare for the role that I'm in now and continue to give me good guidance. So um, don't discount like reaching out to people who are significantly senior than you. They can give you really good advice. And then third bucket, I would say my peers. So I mentioned my friends, my girlfriends, they're all complete rock stars and amazing. I use them as like peer mentors. Mm. When I'm going through something difficult at work, if I'm dealing with a difficult manager or I just need to bounce some ideas off of somebody that can be objective, I use my girlfriend all the time. Awesome. Yeah, you can always rely on your friends. And um, finally, to sort of round off our conversation, what is one piece of advice that you wish you gave yourself at any point in your life? You know, I, I, this, I am very tough on myself. I am a uh, habitual self-improver. And <laughs> like when I have questions like this, although if you look at my CV, it would look like I've taken a lot of risk, right? I've worked in five, six different uh, cities. I've moved around. I've moved companies. I would say I would still encourage myself to take more risk. Mm. Even though it looks like I've taken risk, I would encourage my younger self to take more risk and travel more. I've traveled a lot. I've been to over 30, 35 countries. I would take more risk and I would definitely travel more. Everybody asked me that question. I I would travel more for sure. Definitely. Well, amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.